Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Okay, so after our last conversation about <laughs> I'm dangerous, I ain't going to hold you. You had me on one, okay? Uh, definitely didn't make it with just that one swipe of deodorant. Had to go ahead and reapply. Uh, I decided that I wanted to, you know, delve a little further in some other things and came across something that was so <laughs> intriguing and um pretty much against everything that I spoke about, about being dangerous, that I wanted to get, talk about this so that we can just see a real life example, okay, of someone being so wimpy, living such a, oh, no, 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 life. Yeah, I don't want that to be the theme song, the soundtrack, the E or the above of anyone's life that uh, I'm aware of that's breathing. There is something about not taking your rightful seat in life that is starting to uh, muster up and just do something to me. I have this very warrior-like stance in my life right now and anyone that is not partaking in their own warrior stance just makes me a little nervous it reminds me of the army that was with Saul that was supposed to defeat Goliath it pains me to see people clothed and everything that they need to defeat was before them but choose to retreat and respond in a defeatist way as if they don't have what they need to go forward. Like, really think about that. The army was Saul, was dressed to head to toe, had all the army military things that they needed, had the helmets, had the shields, had the swords, had E, all the above. David was making his way downtown, bringing Capri Suns, ham and Swiss cheese sandwiches to his brother because that's what his father uh, <laughs> thought that he was, you know, only able to do, even though he saw him get anointed by Samuel. But we're not going to gossip about those grandbabies because they're not here to defend themselves. But David made his way downtown, decided, you know what? I'm going to pick up these five smooth pebbles real quick and I'm going to defeat old boy because who he's who he talking to? Okay, that's what's going on in David's heart, right? And then Saul was like, oh, after he was convinced to let David go, okay, you know what? But let me just put on, um, let me give you the proper, you know, helmet and all these different things that you need to dress the part, right? And so David walks around in it a little bit, and he's like, bro, can I tell you something? I'm not comfortable in this. I've never worn this. <laughs> I'm used to these five smooth stones, okay, pebbles, if you will, and this is what I'm going to fight with. And isn't it hilarious that people will put on you what they weren't able to complete, isn't it hilarious that mothers and parents and whomever will put a, a certain career path uh, ex expectation on their child, but you wasn't able to do it? Isn't it hilarious that it's all this pressure from relatives and friends on how many babies you should have and when you should be married and, you know, you should be doing A, B, and C. But when you peek into the uh, peephole of their life, I don't see any of that happening in your household, Kate Gray. I just, I don't. You're going to tell me how to do money? How much money have you ever 
Oh, see, I'm, 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 listen, I'm not here to gossip. I just want to go ahead and just bring, let's shed some light on, on a few things that have been a little bit dim, shall we? And I just, I look at that as iffy faith, right? Iffy faith to me is not only a tongue twister, but it also is, it has several meanings to me. One of them being, I would have done things differently if I had what you had. So let me just give you all that I had, hoping that you'll be able to use some of this. So with the example of Saul and David, Saul knew, yeah, I don't, he didn't have the tenacity, the bravery, the courage to eat all the above to even go out and um, spit in Goliath's direction. But when David came and had everything in him that was needed to go ahead and fight Goliath, the only thing that Saul tried to do was put on David what he wasn't able to complete before David. Do you see what I'm saying? Sometimes people can see things in you and know that, well, if I can just help put something else on you, then, you, then you'll be complete. No, because if what you're putting on me is something that you weren't able to complete when it was on you, then I, what you're really putting on me is defeat. I don't want on me the thing that God gave you to complete and defeat in that part of your life. God gave Saul what Saul needed if he were to decide to continue through and defeat Goliath. God didn't give that to David. Shouts out to David for knowing, no, 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 that's your armor. I'm not used to that. Just like I think it would be flipped. If Saul tried to go out there with five smooth stones, we would be pouring something out for our homies. Because God didn't give you that anointing to kill something with five smooth stones. Okay? You can't even fart in Goliath's direction, let alone <laughs> try to do something different. No, no. You have exactly what you were equipped to have to defeat what God assigned you to. So in all actuality, ma'ams and sirs of the world, when you try to give someone the advice that you should have used in your season, please don't put that in somebody else's season because you may misdress them. If God gave you, okay, a winter coat because that's the information and that's the covering that you needed in that season of your life, please don't come over to someone's spring and think that if you give them a winter coat that you're helping them. That does not help them. That hinders them. Iffy faith. If I were to use this when I was supposed to use this, then I would have had a different outcome. So because I didn't use this when I was supposed to use this, now I'm going to give it to you. No, this is not hand-me-down season. This is not something old, something new, something blue. No, thank you. Okay, great. Um, you're going to have to keep that, unfortunately, as memorabilia to the fact that you didn't complete what God gave to you. Please don't do that. Don't hand me a car from 19 anything uh, because you, God gave it to you in that season to drive. But because you never really got around to or you never could afford to or whatever it was that prevented you. Please don't think that handing that over to someone else and now the 2000s whatevers and think that that's going to be a blessing. 
yeah, I don't, it, it probably, the outdatedness of it all is the equivalent to you passing down the iffiness into somebody's new season. Have a nice day. The other thing about uh, iffy faith is that uh, it is, sometimes it looks like it's faith, but it's not. Um, sometimes it looks like it can be produced as like, oh, you know, maybe a little bit of wisdom, you know, because it's always good to confirm some things if you're iffy about it, all these other things. But the one thing that popped out at me that I never really, like I never really paid attention to this before, was the fact that iffiness uh, should be a non-believer thing, Right? It's okay to question something. It's okay to not be clear on something. It's okay to not be whatever, for for certain about something. It's not okay to come to God and be iffy with him as if you are unaware of what God can do, as if you don't know what God is doing in your life or someone else's life, as if you are almost, it's not that you're not clear on the situation. It's almost like you, you're trying to pose something in a way that makes God unclear on who he is. Iffiness is almost the equivalent to a non-believer. And I'll tell you exactly why I got into that. First off, (laughs) Uh, I was reading about Gideon, and I'll get to him in a minute because he is the most frustrating biblical grandbaby I have ever, okay? I'm I'm getting irritated just trying to talk about, getting ready to talk about him, and I can't. But one thing that came up was there should be a clear line of demarcation between those who truly believe God and those who don't believe God should be a clear demarcation between those who follow Jesus and Christians and E or the above opposed to those who are aware but you know not really mm, so you know like I'm aware they're aware of who Jesus is that's the only reason why you can claim to be an antichrist (laughs) you have to know who you are anti against so they are aware of Christ right so even an antichrist is aware of Christ. They just don't believe in who he is and what he can do and all those different things. So to me, that is a person that is certified iffy faith. Certified. You already made it clear. Mm, I don't really know about all that. Okay, great. So when you come over to being a Christian, a devout Christian, it should not be anything in you that presents in a way that you look like someone who is iffy about Christ and what he can or cannot do. Because the one thing that you cannot say is you do not have an example somewhere in someone else's life, your life, or even in the Bible that you can honestly say you have seen what God can do. You have seen the hand of Jesus. You are aware of what the Holy Spirit can do. It is up to you if you're going to receive that in another level outside of just head knowledge. And I read something and was like, oh, my gosh, I don't think I've ever seen it this way. So I'm going to take you through a few things. But I think I want to go ahead and talk about Gideon now first. So Judges 6, you know, I read from the NLT version. I'm going to start at verse 33. And we're going to talk about this grandbaby. And we're going to hope that the frustrations thereof don't uh, produce to be something else. Okay? All right, let's go. Soon after the armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east formed an alliance against Israel 
and crossed the Jordan, camping in the valley of Jezreel. 34. Then the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. He blew a ram's horn as a call to arms, and the men of the clan of Absbeer came to him. 35. He also sent messengers throughout Manasseh, Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, summoning the warriors, and all of them responded. 36. Then Gideon said to God, If you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, 37, prove it to me in this way. I will put a wool fleece on this threshing floor tonight. If the fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the ground is dry, then I will know that you are going to help me Israel rescue Israel as you promised. 38. And that is just what happened. When Gideon got up early the next morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung out a whole bowl full of water. 39. Then Gideon said to God, please don't be angry with me, but let me make one more request. Let me use the fleece for one more test. This time, let the fleece remain dry while the ground around it is wet with dew. 40. So that night, God did as Gideon asked. The fleece was dry in the morning, but the ground was covered with dew. Mm -mm. I'm going to go back to 36. Then Gideon said to God, if you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, 37, prove it to me in this way. Let me explain to you why that whole sentence is an oxymoron. If you scroll up a little bit above, okay, to verse 34, because he just said that in verse 36, in verse 34, it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. Okay, other versions say uh, the spirit of the Lord came on Gideon, uh, the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. But what's real clear is that God put something on Gideon. He pretty much supersized him. He's like Mario Brothers. He gave him the star, okay, and he blew a ram's horn and as a call to arms. And the men of the clan of Asbir came to him. He also sent messengers throughout Manasseh, Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, summoning their warriors, and all of them responded. Let me explain something to you. The litmus test to you knowing that God is with you is that it produces fruit you could have never done by yourself. Again, the litmus test to God being with you is that it produces fruit that you could have never done by yourself. Sir, I don't know how big that horn, a ram's horn was, but it wasn't enough for you to blow into it and then have almost uh, half of, I don't know how big it was, but a lot of the clans know exactly what needs to be done. Something came over you to have power to then go ahead and produce some stuff to have an outcome that you're like, whew, because you know how I know that you knew that God was on you? Because the very next verse, after you, the results were clear, you said in 36, Gideon, then Gideon said to God, if you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, pause, how did you know that? How did you know that? How did you know that he was going to be using you to rescue? And then you added in the oxymoronic statement of as you promised. 
So anything in 36 on is a slap in the spiritual face of the heavens because you knew a couple of verses ahead. I know that couldn't have been me. I don't care how much you lift in the gym, which you just lifted up, you couldn't have did it by yourself. I don't care how much you are used to doing A, B, and C, you should be clear. You know what? I really don't think that was me just now. You should be clear on that. And then, not even that, prove it to me in this way. I will put a wool fleece on the fleshing floor tonight. If the fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the ground is dry, and then you go through all these different things of make the fleece wet and then make the ground around it dry. And so he, God goes ahead and he humors himself by answering you. And so then, 39, then Gideon said to God, please don't be angry with me, but, I, but let me make one more request. That shows me that Gideon was more aware of how doubtful he was, how iffy faith-like he was, that he knew God can possibly get frustrated with me to of the point that he can let his wrath just go ahead and have just out me. But but even in even in that, I'm going to be more aligned to my lack of faith than I am to the fact that I know what God can do. He pushed through being scared of asking. Because I know if I ask him again, something else, something probably is going to happen to me. But even um, e- even as scary as that was, you still overrode that and let your iffy faith shine through. I see your iffy faith shining through. I see your iffy faith, and that's why God loves you. I can't be bothered, bro. Like that—that's annoying. That's annoying. How did he allow himself to know something but to keep questioning the one who is all-knowing? How did he allow the fact that I know that doubting you in this way looks bad on me? I know that doubting you in this way can produce something that is adverse in me, but I'm going to still override what I just saw you do, what I just saw you do. The Bible literally says you put something on me, and I felt it because I went ahead and blew this this ram's horn, and something happened. And I'm like, bro, I ain't never seen that happen because um this is all new to me. And although this is all new to me, although I'm seeing things that have never happened in my lifetime, although this is something that you are actually blowing my mind, I'm going to allow my iffy faith to continue to question you. Gideon, Gideon, like at this point. Like, what are we doing? What happens when you know better and you should be doing better, but you are so consistent in not doing better that you just, it just equates to iffy faith? Why be more aligned to your iffiness? I would rather you just shut up. I'm talking about assume the position of the shut up. Let the spirit of the shut up consume you oh can I get an amen right there I'm talking about I need you to seal it okay and just I would rather you just be a silent bystander just watch what God is doing and but you have the most important role shut up is what I'm trying to say to you I am offended I'm offended I'll ask God what he felt at a later time that Getting in even allowed himself to produce two different, like, why, why are you testing someone that should never be tested? 
Why, why are you asking someone to prove himself when you don't even really understand the power that you have? Like, why would he dare use you? Because you even was like, oh, why you want to use me, sir? Read your Bible. Why you want to use me, sir? My family's the lowest of the lowest. And even in the lowest of the lowest of the families, I'm the lowest within the family. And Like, there's no reason why God would have wanted to use you. So what were you doing? Were you trying to self-sabotage that situation so that he could see how low and how iffy faith you are? So that he can just say, you know what, you're right. I can't use you. And so that all along in your heart, you could say, see, I told you with your own self-doubt. Yeah, I can't, I, I'm never going to be able to understand. That don't make no sense to me. I mean, at, at, at some point, be a hundred with yourself enough to really ask yourself, like, yo, do I really believe this? And if you don't, go about your business. And if you do, don't waste God's time to the point that you want to keep asking questions so that he can agree to the way that you see yourself. Don't ask God to put on your lens. You ask God to put his lens on you, and that's how you live your life. Do you understand that? I'm not screaming at you, just being a little assertive, okay? Matthew 8 is what I want to bring you next, okay? Because we're going to move right along because I don't want to argue. Hmm? I want to show you something um, still in that whole iffy faith thing. I'm going to read, uh, let's just read from the first verse. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Three, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Uh, can I tell you a difference with that? I don't read that as iffy faith. And I'll tell you why. Uh, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Do you hear the posture difference in that? Where Gideon was, okay, if you're really going to use me, can you prove it to me by A, B, and C? Like, nobody got to prove nothing to you, sir. Let me calm down. Nobody don't have to prove nothing to you, sir. Okay? But this man... <laughs> who only heard about Jesus, so he probably came to Jesus on clout, but that's fine. Listen, God will use what he needs to use to bring you to how he needs to bring you to him, the end. The man said, Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. The only conjunction to that was if you are willing, but it did not equate to the iffy faith that Gideon had because the response was even different Jesus was like I'm willing be healed he let him know I'm willing okay and whatever it is that you believe I'm not gonna reach out and touch you I'm not gonna make no mud clay pies on your face I'm not I'm not gonna say in the name I'm just real quick I'm I'm willing be healed five words and this man's whole life was different because he came to Jesus with a different posture. But um, I'm about to blow your mind. Same chapter, right? Matthew 8. Let's go down to 28. Mm -hmm. the, the, uh, sub, the title above it says, uh, Jesus heals two demon-possessed men. But check this out. When Jesus arrived, and again, Matthew 8, verse 28. You already know I read an NLT version. So let's go. When Jesus arrived on the other side of the lake in the region of the, mm, 
Gardenius, because that's going to be the name today, two men who were possessed by demons met him. They came out of the tombs and was so violent that no one could go through that area. Mm. 29. They began screaming at him. Why are you interfering with us, son of God? How you have you come here to torture us before God's appointed time? Pause right there. That's even something right there. <laughs> That's even something right there. How are the demons so aware that they even know how much time they have? And and we walking around like, you know, sky's the limit and we can delay and we can postpone and we can procrastinate and we can do all the things, uh, you know, at a later time and a later date. Yet the demons knew. Bro, you here early. What happened? No, because this is before God's appointed time. The demons said, have you come here to torture us before God's appointed time? Again, I ask you, why are the demons more aware of God, his movements, and his time timing but you? Let's keep going. 30. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding in the distance. 31. So the demons begged, if you cast us out, send us into the herd of pigs. 32. All right, go. Jesus commanded them. So the demons came out of the men and entered the pigs. And the whole herd plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. If you cast us out, send us into the herd of pigs. Can I say something that's slightly embarrassing? Even that statement didn't have iffy faith. You, you, you want me to read it again so we could both see it? Okay. 31. So the demons begged, if you cast us out, a.k.a. So if this is what you're getting ready to do, send us into that herd of pigs. This is what I would like for you to do. Even in that was more faith than what Gideon had. Gideon had that if you're going to use me to, to rescue the Israelites like you promised and prove to me that that was iffy faith. Even though the demons were like, bro, you here above, you here early. Like, I didn't, did you check the calendar? I, I honestly think that you're a week or two off. But if you cast us out, send us over there to, them, to the bacon. Mm -hmm. if, if you're going to do it. I mean, just, I, I'm embarrassed for us. Because I just read in Matthew 8. Someone who wasn't a follower of Jesus. You know, if you're willing, you can heal me. Someone who wasn't like, uh, he wasn't a disciple. He, he wasn't a, an, an extreme follower of the Lord. It literally just says like verse 1 in Matthew 8, large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Two, suddenly a man with leprosy. This is just a random how does a random have more faith than those who truly believe in God? How does a random have more faith than a true Jesus follower? Excuse me, I'm embarrassed. How is it that someone just, you know, making their way downtown? What's all that commotion? Oh, that's Jesus on a mountainside? Oh, let me see. Oh, I know that buddy can do it. Listen, if you're willing, you can heal me. You can heal me and make me clean. Jesus looked up and was like, oh, hey there. I'm willing be healed and that's how he got his healing 
Meanwhile, you got people crying and praying and oh, heavenly father. But the doubt in your heart is so pure and, and, and potent that God can't even break through your own disbelief to give you the faith, to give you the healing according to your faith. This man got the healing that his faith aligned to. God can't even give you what you are praying for because he can't cut through the way that you believe him to do it. But he just said, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Like the part, I know what you can do, sir. I'm clear. I'm aware. I know I just heard about you on the mountainside, but like I seen what you did for, um, oh, bl blind buddy. Yeah, he told me about you and all that. So I'm here for my healing too. Like, what's good, Miley? <laughs> you understand? Like, what are we going to do? And then you have demons later on in that chapter that they're like, oh, you here early. But, you know, if you cast us out, send us over there. No questioning in who he is and what he's getting ready to do. And none of, no questioning, no nothing. Just, oh, I already know what you're about. If you're going to do it, then can we go over there? It was even the faith that if they asked Jesus to send them into pigs, that Jesus was going to do that. Demons have faith. How is that possible? And you're walking around with iffy faith. It's, hello? It's this thing on. You feel me? Listen, let me explain something to you. I, I, I'm, I'm not competitive, but I'm competitive. You understand? And it's a lot of things that I'm cool with. It ain't, and I'm not cool with being a loser in these streets. And I'm not okay with um, a demon or um, somebody who don't really have a relationship with Christ having more faith than me. Everybody can have a nice day if that's where I fall. I'm just, I'm not. Like, I, I want to be A++. Like, I, I ain't going to hold you. The way that I'm wired, I read about um, a couple of people that I'm like, yeah, that hurts my feelings that you... You were so um, close with God that you didn't even die, sir. He just said, listen, let me just take you up real quick just as you are. Like, Steve and I, like, God loved you that much. Like, wait, Moses, you the only person that God buried? Like, how come he? And so I look at those kind of things, and I'm like, so how can I get on the, like, you know, the, the guest list? Because the Bible said God don't got no favorites, but you doing stuff for people. And I'm like, I want that. I want to come to you just with my eyebrows done. Like, how you? You understand? Yeah, listen, my challenge to you, real talk, and I, I know I, I, I play a lot and I give you, you know, ample LOL. But at this point, like, bury your, your iffy faith. Bury that. You're done. As of today, I need you to literally have a stance in your heart. Now, I don't care if you got to raise a hand. I don't care what you got to do. But, like, you're done having iffy faith after today. You're done. We're not doing that. You're not going to read this book. You're not going to hear no more uh, sermons. You're not going to read nothing else where you, oh, that's confirmation to me. Stop walking around like you don't really understand the power that Jesus has, the power that God has, the plan that God has over your life. You're not going to walk around with the, well, if you're going to use me, then can you prove it? God don't have to prove nothing to you. And it's a shame that everybody else knows that but you. Do you understand that? I need you, challenge, okay, I need you to just get that underlined, to dismantle whatever makes you getting in it in the spirit. Like, we're not doing that no more. Like, at this point, this is super whack. Stop being in the pamper and praying for steak, and then, and then when God pulls through, you like, even if he were to bless you with that steak, it would choke you. You don't have the teeth for it, Okay. 
need you to stop being in a walker praying for a Bentley. I need you to at least ask God to grow you for what you really want. I would have respected Gideon more if he was like, listen, I just saw what you did when I blew into that ram's horn. I ain't going to hold you. Um, but there's still something in me that's a little bit afraid. So can you can you like keep saying be brave and strong, be brave and strong the way you did Joshua? Or like can you um can you help me to see me the way that you see me? Because the way that I see me, I still see me as the lowest of the family and then, then even the lowest in the family. Like, I still see me small. But the way that you get ready to do this big thing, can you go ahead and, and grow me in that area so that I can align to, to how you're getting ready to, to use me? Because I don't want to be the hindrance. I don't want to be the cinder block to the thing that you are getting ready to do. I would have respected Gideon if he did that. But the only thing that he was able to do was be a coward. I, I, know, I know you're going to be mad if I ask you again, Lord. But, like, real quick, don't be mad. But um, can I ask you another question in my lack of faith that's going to make me fake believe that um, that you getting ready to use me? Ugh. I couldn't, I couldn't be God. Praise the Lord he didn't, he didn't put me next to me on the throne because I would just be like, what? I didn't just show you when I put my power on you to go ahead and blow the ram's horn? I didn't just show you when you just squeezed out a whole bowl full of water in the fleet. Matter of fact, getting and stop playing with me because you're wasting my time. Next. Like, it just, I just would be sending everybody to the basement. I ain't going to hold you to the burning basement. <laughs> I really would. Upside down attic, if you will. What you want to do in the summertime? Can we just start, like, living like we know better? And can we start living uh, better than, like, Matthew chapter 8 should make you be like wait a minute I ain't gonna have no random and no demon have more faith than me I'm sorry <laughs> I'm not doing that if nothing at all, at, at all that should make you feel something because it makes me feel something you understand but listen I feel like you got what you needed Uh huh. you know what these conversations are they're life provoking conversations conversations that not everybody's gonna have with you but who your favorite homegirl okay and um I'm frustrated. I'm getting ready to probably call you right back and have that conversation too. But listen, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit use me. So I'm also going to let you let me go. Okay? Later.